Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode is with Henry Kaminsky Jr. He's the brand doctor. He's someone who's been helping business owners grow their brand over the last decade. He's also the podcast host of the Brand Doctor podcast, and he has over 450 episodes. Henry was one of my all-time favorites to come on the podcast. He had so many great insights for you as you think about how can you grow your business in 2022, and I am so excited to have him be our first guest to be published this year. He's an amazing guest. He has so much great insight, and you're going to love this episode. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Today's episode, we're talking about branding. We're talking about how do we design your business in a way that makes customers say, okay, hang on, I want to know more about that. I want to know more about that. More importantly, I want to buy from that person. We're talking today from Henry Kaminsky Jr., who's joining us on the show today. He runs his own business, UniqueDesigns.net. He also runs his own podcast called The Brand Doctor Podcast. And I got to tell you, you got to hit pause on this podcast and go check out that podcast. He's got, as I guess at the time this episode goes live, he'll have over 450 episodes. He's been doing his weekly podcast for four years now. So you absolutely got to check out his podcast, see some of the awesome stuff he's doing over there. But before we get to that, let's talk about what's happening here today. Henry, you're joining us. We're so excited to have you. How's it going? Like, what an intro, dude. <laughs> Thank the you intro so much. has to match the guest, you know? I mean, it's got a, <laughs> we got a big guest on the show. We got we to gotta hype people up. Oh man, I appreciate that, and 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 thanks again for having me. I'm I'm super excited to be here today and 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 help these folks get some more clarity and focus when it comes around branding and 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 get a, getting around standing out from everybody else that does what they do. I, th- I think what I like about you is the tangibility. Just just li- literally just looking through these podcast episodes, the tangibility of what you're doing on a day to day basis because branding is such a concept that we can make it so ambiguous and it's like, oh yeah, you got to have a strong brand. And like, you know, the average business owner is thinking like, I mean, I, I think I like my brand. I think people like my brand. You know, you're talking about the nitty gritty, like here's what you actually need to be thinking about to position your brand in a meaningful way. So I I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Now the podcast, I got to tell you, it's rare that you come across someone with so many episodes (laughs) Coming up to episode 450, which is just incredible. I know it's not the focus of our discussion today, but I just I gotta ask you, how did the podcast come about? Man, you've kept at it, you've stayed consistent. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So it would have been uh a lot more episodes had I started sooner. So I had put my <laughs> podcast, I had put it off for about two years because I did not want to get involved in the tech aspect of it, nor the production aspect of it. I just wanted to show up, record the damn thing and get on with my life. And it took about two years. And one of my clients actually approached me and said, I have this podcast production service if you want in. And I have never changed since he's been producing my podcast for the past four and a half years. And, and so I like to talk and I thought podcasting would be the best way for me to get my voice out there uh, on a different platform, on a different channel. And I'm, I, I was a lot of video before that. So now it's kind of fun because I, I do them both in tandem. So yeah. we'll record the podcast live streaming. Yeah. And then I'll take the, the audio and produce the podcast out of it. So 
I'm getting the best of both worlds without having to do all the extra work. So I just love showing up every week and sharing some thoughts and sharing some, some, some parts of my journey of the past that may help people flatten the learning curve Mm-hmm. in their lives because I've been in business for 15 years now. I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly. I've done some really stupid things and I'm happy to talk about them. <laughs> I've done some really good things that actually panned out and worked out fantastic. So um, the podcast is the way for me to kind of get that out into people's ears. Yeah. And um, I just love doing it. Hence why there's so many damn episodes. Do you, I mean, there's gotta be a lot of pride with the fact that, you know, it feels like everyone these days is like finally getting on the podcast, like boat, like, oh yeah, you got to have a podcast. So coming across someone like yourself who has been in this industry, who's been doing this, I mean, there's a lot to be proud of. I mean, like I said, 450 episodes, that's that's nothing to sneeze at. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, we were up, we were doing like two. We were dropping two episodes a week at one point. We were re- recording uh, probably ten episodes a month, twelve episodes a month. And I I said, you know what? Like, I love it, but I'm getting a little burnt. Sure. I'm not gonna lie. And so I I I I tiered it back to two episodes a week, and then I tiered it back to one episode a week because I was doing other things. Um, and I also didn't want to, I didn't want to fatigue my audience either by too much content. Yeah, I yeah. think I've heard enough of this guy for the week. Right. So when you, <laughs> when you, it's just like dating, right? Yeah. Like when, yeah. when, <laughs> when you show too much interest, yeah, you don't really call, interested. yeah, you don't call right away. You got to wait, right. you yeah. got to send the text. And then a few days later, yeah, you know, pop right? up again. <laughs> right. Right. And so what, what has happened and what I've realized is, you know, when you get the messages like, you know, I, I look forward to your weekly drop. Um, yeah. Well, part of my week, um, weekly education is is showing up to your live streams, right? Like that really makes me feel like these people have actually scheduled me into their life. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to overdo it. You know, because yeah. I res- I respect their time and I res- I respect who, you know what they're trying to do, and so I like showing up once a week because it gives them something to look forward to, and it's always something different. You never know what's going to come out of my mouth at that time. There's so much stuff that's going on in my life right now that you know I'm I'm sharing as much as I can. Some of the stuff is 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 you know private. I can't talk about it yet, but um, just exciting stuff yeah. over the next couple of months that. Uh, uh, I'm 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 anxious to not anxious but excited to share yeah. with my audience. So so Henry, this is a great tie-in to what you do on a day-to-day basis. You're you're the brand doctor. You're helping people. So one of the things that I talk about with my customers is this need to build raving fans, like people yeah. people who love your brand. They they'll buy from you again and again and again. Yeah. And you've developed this with the podcast. I mean, you mentioned it yeah. just a second ago that these people are, you know, now. It's it's like where the business transitions from like popping up and interrupting what someone's doing versus now they're scheduling time mm-hmm. to make sure they show up for you. How, how have you built that kind of um, listenership on the yeah. podcast? And I would I would I would assume your customers are very similar. How have you built that with your customers? It's a great question, and and consistency and. And and full vulnerability and transparency, I think, is the three that come to mind right away. Um, people are going to know that you're serious when you don't go away, when you don't, you know, when you're not a, a fly by night type of person. Yeah. And and the only way that you can show and prove that is by doing it. And I think that's what people really love about the show, and they love about me is I'm showing up consistently good times and bad, and I'm not afraid to talk about them. Um, I'll give you a quick example. Uh, And another reason is I think that my point of view is very unique. And I'm 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 a ball guy from New Jersey, born and raised. I got a big mouth. Uh, over the, as I get older, though, I'm starting to become more quiet and I listen more than I talk these days. But, but I will tell it how it is through my point of view. If you don't like it, 
you don't have to, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's one of the things that I had to learn over the years because I always wanted to people please. I always wanted to have everybody liking me. I never wanted to ruffle feathers. And now I realize like, if you really want to get to that next level of branding and really own what it is that you love to do, then you are going to ruffle feathers with some of the, the, the the actions you take. You're going to say things that are going to be off putting to some. And as long as you know, you're not trying to do it in a disrespectful way or a demeaning way, um, that's all that matters, you know? And, and I think that's what is allowing some of these personality brands to really get to that next level of audience membership and success in their, in their career is by not being afraid to love who they are and be true to who they are. And I did a whole podcast yesterday about it. You know, I said, what, what are you doing in your life right now that doesn't light you up, but you're still doing it? Yeah. Why? You know why? I've I've dealt with a tremendous amount of death over the past two months of my life. Some personal friends passing away unexpectedly. Our dog for the past ten years passed away in August. So it just has these experiences are lessons, and these lessons are telling me at this age of forty one that you are not here forever. Yeah. And you know, my friend passed away. He was forty three years old like two years older than me, you know? And I'm like, he had a heart attack in his sleep. Like, come on. Like, it just made me realize that I am not immortal. And that if I'm going to wake up every day and get the opportunity to wake up every day, that you got to make those hours that you're actually awake count. Yeah. And so I've, I've subtracted a lot of what is going on in my life currently rather than added. Mm-hmm. And I think as you get to a certain point in your career, you're going to start to say, I don't want to do that anymore. And I don't really have a reason for it. I just don't want to do it anymore. And that's going to free up capacity to do other things that you want to do, that you love to do, that light you up. And I think that's where that fulfillment really happens. And I think that's when you really start to take off in your business. Well, it's easier to, it's when you have that perspective, it's easier not to be fearful of what everyone thinks about your perspective, right? Because it, because I think what you're talking about is so valuable for our listeners is being comfortable with not everyone being your customer. And I I think the newer business owner, I mean, it's, and it's understandable. I mean, you're strapped for cash, you're looking for that next sale, you're trying to create like that consistency in your sales pipeline. Mm -hmm. And so to come to terms with, no, this person's not going to be my customer because we have totally diametrically opposed viewpoints on business. I think getting to that point is really healthy for someone in their business. And it sounds like that's something that you've really made part of your your own MO for how you do business is sharing your perspective, even if it means someone deciding, yeah, I'm not going to work with him. Yeah. And and listen, there's been plenty of times in my career where where. I had clients that weren't good fits and and I realized that I wasn't doing a really good job with qualifying those folks. And I think that's something that we could talk about today that'll help your audience is you should be qualifying your audience or your prospects just as much as they're trying to qualify you. Yeah. And I let's, think when you, let's dig into this. This is good. Yeah. Yeah. Go so So one of the things that I did back in the day, big mistake was I lived well above my means. Um, I couldn't afford not to work. So I had to take any Tom, Dick, and Harry that even showed an inkling of uh, of interest, and it some of them turned out to be absolute disasters uh, to the point where I had to refund like forty grand in one day. Jeez, um, and and that actually let that put me at rock bottom uh, in That's my a tough career. Day. Yeah, it was a <laughs> tough day. It was a really tough day. Yeah, and on top of it, even after I refunded that money, uh, the person decided that they still wanted to kind of smear my name on social media. And the funny part was, is it kind of backfired on him because not only did he have a terrible, terrible rap sheet about him, but 
my audience that I've built up over the two years prior um, knew that I wasn't the man that he was describing. And so they all came to bat for me, basically attacking his claims. Right. And his, and I didn't, I didn't want to go into the whole defamation thing and, 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 and get into lawsuits and things like that, because I don't have the energy or time for it um, to be honest. But what was, what was the biggest reward was seeing those people that watch me and listen to me and studied me come to bat for me and say, I don't know what happened, but what you're saying doesn't align with what we see in Henry on a daily basis. Therefore, I cannot believe this. Mm -hmm. And when I address the issue right away, we're going back like five years, Blake, this is, this is before my son was even born. My son's four. So, um, it was a lesson learned, but getting back to, so getting back to the whole qualification, I did not do a good job at the time qualifying my clients. And so what can we do to qualify our clients? Now I'm speaking to consultants. I'm speaking to coaches. I'm speaking to people that have a service that they deliver. It's not an automated thing. There is involvement between you and the customer, right? Um, Those are the folks that I'm talking to, to, right? What we do at Unique Designs is is not unique by any means, but it's structured. So before you come into one of my programs, which I only have one big one, which is the Brand Accelerator Program, and then I have another program that is more on the maintenance side of things and and more of a over the year type of uh, growth. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, coaching, right? So before you even get access to those programs, you have to do a, a one-on-one assessment with me first. And it's not cheap. It's 500 bucks. Like it's an hour's worth of my time. But with that, you're going to get a better understanding of where you are, where you need to be, Mm -hmm. and what's blocking that, what's bottlenecking you up. You may know, but maybe based on some of the questions I ask you, you're like, oh, I didn't think that. Right. So I don't allow anybody into my programs without going through that assessment. And I've had people, I've had doctors say to me, I don't even charge my clients this. And you got some nerve charging that to me. And I'm just like, no problem. Have a great day. Yeah, it's not for you. Right. 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 Um, and I and and no matter how much help that person needed, they couldn't get over that hump. Yeah. No problem. I just disqualified that person, or that person just disqualified themselves. Now I got an extra day back, an extra hour back in my day. Imagine what I can accomplish with that hour, right? But then I have no problem. People that come through that and say, all right, what do I do to work with you? Well, you have to go through an assessment. It's $500 and this is what you're going to get. All right, send me the link. And it's just like a formation, Without a formality. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So when I get on that call, I'm, that's where I get the brand doctor name from. I'm sitting there like a doctor trying to discover what it is that is paining you. And you may think it's one thing. I give you, uh, here's, here's a good example. Client came to me last year and said, I need a funnel. I need a funnel. I have this podcast. I don't have the uh, necessary funnel to take the listeners to purchasing something. So I need a funnel. So I was asking him some more pointed questions. And at the end of my questioning, we both realized that, it, yes, he definitely needs a funnel but he needed a brand. Mm. He needed a position. He needed an offer. He didn't even have an offer that was solid enough to sell. Mm-hmm. And so I took him through the brand accelerator program. And within 90 days, we were able to carve out two programs. I branded them both, created two funnels because he didn't need one. He needed two because he had two very different clients that he wanted to serve. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we put all that together for him. Then he goes out on his podcast and now he's pitching people down the funnel. Within three weeks, he landed a $96,000 client. Jeez. 
boom. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but had I just done the funnel and not done the brand strategy work to make sure that funnel was built correctly and structured properly, it would have been a big miss and it would have been a big waste of money for him. And then what would he say? He'd say, I hired Henry. He built the funnel. It didn't work. Yeah. Right. Right. How how do you like, there's an important distinction I think here with between like, you know, you're qualifying customers who are your, maybe rather you're disqualifying customers. How do you balance that with being unwilling to take feedback from customers like I think about the business owner who keeps getting negative responses and the business owner says like, oh, well, you know, it's not for you or, you know, you didn't get it or it's, you know, you just aren't understanding it. And yeah. they're totally blind to the fact that they're, they're being told their product's worthless. Like how, <laughs> how, do you, how do you balance not falling into that trap, yeah. but also being able to sort of shirk off a negative comment like, oh, well, yeah. who's going to pay you for that? And you're realizing, actually, well, yeah, it is worth that. It's just not for you. I mean, what's what's the balance there? That is a great, great question. And I'm not quite sure if I have a definitive answer for it, right? Here's my thought. If you're new to market and you have over a dozen people telling you, and you haven't closed the sale yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Sure. That tells me that there's probably a market, a product to market mismatch. Yeah, that's great. Your your offer is just not connecting or it needs work, right? Mm -hmm. But if you have sporadic sales and you're still getting this, what what are you crazy charging that kind of money or this this program sounds like it's uh, out of a Cracker Jack box, you know, it's a different conversation, right? It's a different conversation. What I tell my clients is this, you have to stay in the diagnosis mode at all times. And you got to be open to that feedback, right? You got to be open to that feedback. And if there is a common denominator that you're constantly hearing, there may be a lesson learned there that needs to be implemented. Mm -hmm. So don't ignore it because if you push it off, it's only going to become a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. So I wish I could answer that question better, but I would say if you have no sales, it's probably <laughs> your offer. But if you have some sales, then don't take it personal, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not you, it's them. And it may just not be a good fit for them. But if you continue to diagnose the issue, and continue to discover why it's not a good fit for them, then it's it's noteworthy. I think you write that down. And then you go out into your marketing, whether it's social media or going on podcasts or whatever, and saying, this is the clients that we don't work with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and make that very, very clear. So let those people just disqualify themselves and move on. Yeah. It makes me think of when I first started my business, I had a guy who he asked me, he said, okay, well, who have you validated this product with? And I was like, oh, well, you know, my mom told me it was great. My buddy told me. And he was like, yeah, but but who's actually paid for it? And I was like, well, no one's paid for it yet. And he was like, well, that's, then you haven't validated it. You don't necessarily have a product that people see as valuable, but it's easy to fall into that when you do, when you're not necessarily willing to hear honest feedback from people who don't care about you, I guess. Well, you bring up a good point. And this is why brand strategy is so important prior to launching any sort of product or service. (laughs) Because if you don't understand your audience better than they understand themselves, if you can't articulate their problems better than they could tell them to you, you're not going to be the obvious choice for them. And it's not going to be an easy commitment or investment for them. So that's why when we go through the brand accelerator with clients, I'm constantly bringing them through the foundation of brand strategy. And that's really identifying what they stand for, their point of view, their points of differentiation, and how that aligns with the people that they really want to serve. 
And when we go deep on that, there's a lot of aha moments that come out of it, right? And I, I just got through a brand strategy uh, session. There are about six or seven sessions that I go through um, before I get into any design work or anything like that. And I just finished one up this morning with a client and we hit a goal mine of what this particular client of his struggles with the most. And nine times out of 10, it's they do not know how to articulate the vision that they want their organiz- they want their organization to become. Therefore, they can't have the executive team execute on it because they don't even know the CEO doesn't even know how to explain it. Right. So now it's the blind leading the blind. So when we were able to pull that out today in our strategy session, he's like, what if I started creating content around that? You're going to get a lot of people listening because he's really big on LinkedIn, this guy. I said, you're going to get a lot of people on LinkedIn reaching out to you going, how the hell did you know that? So before you put out a product or service, make sure you understand your audience and what they're challenged with because you could speak to that through your product or service and they're going to be like, this is the perfect fit. This is what's going to help me solve this problem. I'm in. It seems like even like the language you use has to be language they use. Like I remember someone emailed me and they said some, it was a sales pitch and it was something like, I help people get out of pigeon boxes. I think they meant to say pigeon holes, but they said pigeon boxes. And I was like, what, what's a pigeon box? Like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and so I, I just, it, funny enough, I, it did disrupt my, you know, scanning through scam, uh, spam, excuse me. But I didn't respond because I thought I have no idea what this person means. And it seems like a lot of times, whatever service we're selling, in our mind, it makes perfect sense. We're doing this, you know, we're solving X, Y, and Z problem. But the only issue is your customers don't relate with the language. Mm-hmm. So how how does someone do a better job of immersing themselves in the language that their customers use and the way yeah. that their customers talk about the problem? not just the way they themselves think about the problem. Yeah, so what we do, one of the one of the things we do in my program is we do a competitor profile. And so one of the questions that I ask my clients are, all right, what are some of the people out there that we want what are what companies out there do we want more of their clients? So it's another way of saying well, who's your competition, right? <clears throat> So they'll give me a laundry list, right? And then I will ask them, all right, what are they doing to earn these clients? Okay, so fair question. Well, they're doing this, they're doing that. Well, where, what could they be doing better? That's where you come in, mm-hmm. all right? But let's back up a step. Let's go to a competitor's website. Let's go look at their video testimonies. Let's go look at their written testimonies. Let's see what their clients are saying about them. Pay attention to the language. Pay attention to the words. I have an 18-page swipe file on my Google Docs of words and one-liners of competitor testimonials that I use in all of my marketing, whether it whether it's an email, whether it's my podcast, whether it's uh, a, a social media post, whatever. And I'm using that language like, can't get out of your own way. I can't get out of my own way. That's why my biggest bottleneck in my business is me. Um, I've, I've tried, uh, I have a thousand ideas in my head and I don't know what to execute on first, second, third. Um, my brand identity online doesn't match the value that I actually deliver. I don't know. Uh, I was struggling with my positioning online. Nobody's found me as credible or authoritative. So I needed to rebrand to make sure that 
I look the part. I'm using all of that language. I love how you're not reinventing the wheel. And no. it's almost like you're using your competitors to do the market research for you. They're doing it all for me. It just takes a little bit of my time to go out there and listen to these damn things. And it's fantastic. And you know, earlier this year, Clubhouse was a great resource for me. I did a lot of listening on Clubhouse. And man, these people would go up on stage and pour their heart, excuse me, pour their hearts out for minutes at a time. And I'm just like, I got a I got 17 pages of notes <laughs> uh, of of where they're struggling with, right? And uh, especially those rooms where people would do like those live Q and A's. Mm-hmm. I would take every single freaking question and make a podcast episode out of it. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Yeah. So how did how did you like talk to me a little bit about the story of the brand doctor? I mean, <laughs> you know, how did this whole thing get started? Uh by the way, I've I've loved a couple of your I think of them as hidden gems, like just ways to because a lot of times in business, you know, you can you can start to think about all the things you have to get done and those little hacks, those little tips that actually do a lot for your business, like picking up those one-liners and what other people are saying. That's really valuable, I think, for many of us who are listening. Sure. But but how did how did you get started as the brand doctor? How did this whole journey begin? Would love to hear about that. Yeah. So let's go back 15 years. I was working um I was working corporate at a local hospital and I, I was working my way through the ranks. I was there eight years until I, I got my master's degree. And then I finally got my, a, a, a decent position there. I started literally checking insurances and, and cleaning coffee pots. That's what I, that was my day job at the hospital. And then I got into this role at the children's hospital where it allowed me to create fundraising events for sudden infant death syndrome. So I had to create and market these events four times a year. Uh, and then I was able to get that money and then create events for the families who lost a baby to SIDS and get them together for support. So it was very rewarding, very sad at the same time. If you don't know what SIDS is, it's when a baby dies under the age of one years old with no cause. They can't figure out what happened. It, the baby just died. So I, now having a child of four years old, I couldn't even imagine that happening to me. So at the time I was 20 something years old, so I, I couldn't relate so much with the parents, but it was tragic. I mean, sure. to see those families go through that, just awful. So every time I had to do one of these events, I needed marketing materials and I wasn't a designer. I never went to school for it. Uh, I would always hire people out. Uh, so I, I'm looking for sponsors one day and Z100, one of the biggest radio stations on the planet sponsors one of my events. So now I'm like, I got to come out of the gate with like the hottest marketing because Z100 is not going to play around. And so my buddy sits me down. He's my best friend to this, to this day. Our kids are three months apart from each other. And uh, he showed, he was, he said, you know, I'll do the design work for you for the event. And I just sat and I was enamored by design. And I said, I want to learn this. And I convinced my boss to get me the Photoshop program. And I literally didn't even have a mouse. I was using the mouse pad on the 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 laptop. Yeah, yeah, the track (laughs) to design. And so I would go home every day with the laptop and I would just practice. I would pull things off the internet, like Google images, and I would try to figure out how to redesign them myself. Right. And I did that. I did that for probably two years. I got a little bit of a skill set. Um, and then the club promoters in the tri-state area here in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut saw that I was doing this stuff and were hiring me because I was fast. I wasn't that good, but I was fast. That's all that they cared about. And uh, I started to pil- build a pretty big book of business. And then what happened was the hospital started downsizing. It was 2008 and people were like, you know, losing their jobs and people getting demoted and stuff. And finally my tag got called. My name got called. They said, Henry, if you come back in 29, in 29, uh, 2009, you're going to become somebody's secretary because we're dissolving your mm-hmm. apartment pretty much. Right. And I said, mm, well, I'm not, I've come this far master's degree. I got this side hustle for two years that I'm making more money than I am here now. No, that's not in the cards for me. It was scary as hell, Blake. I'm not saying that that transition was not scary. Uh, but I said, I, I did a lot of consulting with family members and 
And uh, I really evaluated the goods, the bads, the uglies. And I said, no, this is it. We got to go. So I said, I'm out. And my first year of business, I did a quarter of a million dollars. And I just, it was just me, dude, 20 hours a day designing. (laughs) I had no life, but I had a lot of money in the bank. Mm -hmm. Fast forward five years, the business started to crumble a little bit because I wasn't doing that nightclub stuff anymore. I wasn't going out to those places anymore. The competition got so horrible where everybody was competing on price and it was just a race to the bottom. Um, The business starts to blow up really in front of my eyes. And I don't know how to fix it because I got to still show everybody how successful I am, air quotes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the business starts to crumble around me until I I ran out of money. It's basically what happened. Um, And I realized that if you want to continue this business, that you need to level up the value that you deliver. So I started to find different avenues to do that. And one being funnels. So that's how me and ClickFunnels got to know each other. That's how I got to the point where I needed coaching. I reached out to Russell. Uh, I got into one of his programs at the time, and he hired me on the spot that day. And we spent two and a half years together working together to the point where I, re- I basically branded ClickFunnels. They had a nice base already, but it was all over the place. They had their logo. They had their mm-hmm. colors. That was it who Russell was hiring to do all of the work didn't understand brand consistency. So he would hire six designers and he would get six different looks back for the brand. And so finally he said, Henry, I want you to come in and just across all channels, all platforms, create this cohesive brand. And I, would you want to do it? I said, absolutely. So we, we did the work. And about six months after I finished all that work, he hit $100 million in revenue. Jeez. So it, it just goes to show when you start to get cohesive with your brand's messaging, identity, it's going to change the game for you. Yeah, and it's, what's funny about ClickFunnels is it's, you'd have to try pretty hard to ignore ClickFunnels today. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty much ubiquitous with uh, or synonymous with um, Online sales and yeah. online entrepreneurship. Um, pretty much everyone's heard of ClickFunnels. Um, I didn't realize that you had done their design. That's pretty wild. That's great. Yeah, it's, it was a pretty awesome experience working with John Parks with all of his Facebook ads. That's when John was doing all the Facebook ads himself. Now he's got a team. Um, but we were we did all the Facebook ads. We did all the blog posts. We did all of. We did some funnel work for him. We did some. Uh, design work for Russell's uh, personal projects that were really cool. Um, So where did I get the brand doctor name from? That's a funny story because I'm in this mastermind group at the time and this branding guy that was already in the group sees what I'm doing and was like, it's pretty interesting that you have this branding background, but you also have this direct response background and you never really see the two together. But you come with that. And that's like a diamond in the rough. So talk to me, Henry, how do you actually work with your clients? Like, I'm curious. And I said, well, I work in three phases. First, I figure out what's wrong. So I diagnose, right? Then I figure out what strategy we need to do. I prescribe. And then once I prescribe that strategy, we apply it. So it's like, making it all happen. So diagnose, prescribe, apply. So that's like kind of how a doctor works with their patients. I said, yes, exactly. So you're like the brand doctor. And I just was like, you know what? I'm running with that. I'm running with that. And it's, (laughs) it's been like four or five years now I've run with that name and people love it because it's memorable. Um, It's easy to understand because I use a lot of analogy, like You know, if you go into a doctor for, you know, a hurt leg and, you know, they flick it with their finger and the doctor says, oh, yeah, you need to amputate that leg. Without any description, without any. Yeah. Would you let them take your leg? Right. Right. So it's very easy for them to understand. 
Uh, I think a lot of times entrepreneurs want to try to prov- uh, try to work on their symptoms instead of going to the core root of the issue. Mm-hmm. So they'd rather put a gauze and a Band-Aid around the problem 100 times than to just go in and stitch it up. Yeah. It's, or, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like the person who just wants to throw more money at advertising without realizing that how your offer from the get-go is yeah. not seen as valuable. Or your positioning sucks. Or yeah. you don't know, you don't have a real good point of differentiation. Or you're having a hard time articulating your value. Um, those are very common issues and entrepreneurs that don't have the branding background, they don't know how to solve that problem. And that's why they hire me. I mean, yeah, that's right. basically what it comes down to. How do you, how do you help like the, cause it feels like today it's almost like, and I think social media is a little bit to blame for this. We're like, you have people who are basically, and there's not necessarily anything wrong with this, but like telling the new entrepreneur, Hey, you're worth so much, you know, charge your value, you know, all of the, and it's very motivational and encouraging. And yet anyone who started a business can tell you, you can't just, you can't just slap another zero at the end and just expect that to work. Right. Right. Now, and, and this is a different conversation than like the person who's undercharging and all that stuff. But you even earlier mentioned when there was all this competition, you really had to increase the value of what you're offering. How does the the average business owner do that? Because we all want to get paid more. We all want to be able to even sell sometimes that higher ticket option. How do we increase our value? How do we we become a better value for our customers? Yeah. So I'll give you you a quick example of that. So I'm working with an attorney right now and they specialize in cannabis. And he was very... Prior to coming to me, he was very on the fence of owning that title because that industry is still new. It's up and coming. Sure. Um, there's a lot of uh, question around it still. People, there's a lot of education. Stigma, that's being, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, the stigma and so on, right? When he finally said, that's all I want to be is the go-to cannabis attorney for New Jersey and owned it, mm-hmm. his stock went up because there's not too many of them. It's a whole supply and demand thing right there, right? So I told him, I said, when you specialize in something and you become known for that, you immediately get to charge more. Mm. Okay, that's number one. Go to look at the orthopedic surgeons, look at the brain surgeons, look at the right. They don't charge the same as a general practice. They don't. They're not even structured that way. Right. So that's number one. Number two, I think what we can't forget and what I don't want anybody to gloss over is you got to show and prove. Like, I would go out and I do this every week on on Instagram, but I've been doing this for years, showcasing my work. This is what we built for this person. This is what we built for that person. This is what happened when this got built. When when this client did this funnel, they were able to bring in two or three $20,000 clients this month. When we made this change, this is what happened to that client. Now people Mm -hmm. are like, holy, like when it comes to branding, who else am I going to use? Right. Like I like this guy's style. I like this guy's point of view. I like what this guy stands for. And I think that's, what's missing in a lot of brands these days, specifically the personal branding space, the coaches, the consultants, they're not doing a good job with clearly articulating what they stand for, Mm -hmm. because it's not all about like, uh, I have a great product. It's now this product supports this cause, right? The big talk and of, of, of the, the big corporate giants these days is this carbon footprint. What their carbon footprint is going to look like in the next 10 years, 
you know, Amazon says uh, by, I don't know, 2030, they're going to be carbon neutral or something, right? Google says they've been carbon neutral since 2007. So there's, there's this whole environmental factor going on where people are picking up a bag, a, 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 a box of uh, tissues and going, oh, Kleenex donates to the Make-A-Wish Foundation? I'm buying that box. Mm-hmm. Where Kleenex, there's nothing on their box or their box or branding that says anything that they're for. So I like Make-A-Wish. They help a lot of kids. I'm buying that box. You have to talk about that, whether you're a, a small, medium or big company or you're a consultant personal brand that's you know, uh, trying to monetize your expertise. People want to know what you stand for. If you listen to my podcast, if you watch any of my videos, you're going to know real quick what I stand for. And I don't stand for a lot of bullshit. Sure. <laughs> well, and it can be scary for the business owner to um, express that side of them because of... Uh, and this is, I think, true just for social media in general. I mean, I've seen a lot of business owners who are hesitant to be consistently showing up on social media because they know they're fearful of what people might say or how they might be criticized. And I guess it just comes with the territory, right? I mean, I, I talk a lot about pay and I know that really pisses off some people, but it's part of, at this point, it's kind of like, oh, there's no going back now. I mean, it's like, this is something yeah. I really care about. Well, so. I, I, I like to see... I like to see action, right? I'll give you a quick example. I have a client that's been with me for, we're going on two years now. My gosh, so fast. He struggled with his online presence and he was actually petrified of putting the camera in front of his face and recording something. I could say that pretty confidently. He did. It took him like an hour to, to film like a 30 second thing. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he needed coaching on that. And so I was coaching him through that and giving him different perspectives, kind of changing his mindset a little bit about what that camera is and what his purpose is of that video, so on and so forth. Then I got to the point where I said, I'm going to throw you into the fire and see how you get out. And so I said, here's what I want you to do. You could quit at any time. But come on one of my podcast live streams with me as a co-host. And let's see how you fare. It was like asking him to to fly a 747 without <laughs> any flying, you know, sure. background. But he came on. And he came on again. And again. Wow. And he's been with me now co-hosting the show for probably two and a half months. Wow. He has gotten so much more comfortable in his skin. He's taking some of the snippets and he's putting them on LinkedIn. And I told mm-hmm. him, you're ha- I'm more than, you're more than welcome to do that. So he's putting it out. And over time, he's throwing some more stuff out there, more stuff out there. And he's, he's, cutting me out of the, and he's just focusing in on him on the, on the bit. Right. And I was like, perfect. Right. About a month and a half after we started that, he had someone reach out to him on LinkedIn, wanted to know more about his services. He got on a zoom call with him and closed the $60,000 gig. Jeez. Yeah. So I, so I said, you see, when you get out there, and you put in the work, you get the result. And so that's what I encourage everybody that's listening to this today is to ask yourself, how bad do you want it? Ask yourself, why am I doing this in the first place? Does it light me up? Does it bring me joy? I hate to sound like that woman that's that, that spark, <laughs> spark joy. Out. Yeah, yeah. Condos, but, um, yeah. But does it bring joy? Are you, uh, and, and are you really helping people? Sure. And I realized that a lot of the stuff that I do, yes, we design pretty websites and funnels and I brand identities in this and that. But what we do for the client internally is we help them build their clarity. We help them build their focus and we help them build their confidence. Because when you are rolling on a full tank of confidence, 
there's nothing you and your business can't do. Mm. Well, Henry, I mean, you've, you've given such a great perspective today. We're coming to the end of the show for people who are listening and they're thinking, okay, yeah, I want to, I want to know more about this guy. I want to maybe <laughs> even work with this guy. What's the best next step for our listeners? So here's what I would tell you to do. Go to unique designs with a Z at the end, not an S dot net. Scroll down to where I'm talking about my masterclass. And I want you to enroll in the masterclass. It's 20 minutes long and it's no BS. I'm going to tell you right now, I get straight to it right out of the gate. And this masterclass is all about what the top 5% of entrepreneurs are doing to build their brands and scale their business to above and beyond the seven figure mark. I'm going to share with you some clients that I've worked with that were able to do that, how they were able to do that. I'm going to share with you some of the biggest mistakes I made earlier on in my career that pre- that basically prevented me to get to that level of success in my business. And you're probably going to be sitting there shaking your head going, damn, I'm doing that. Why am I still doing that? <laughs> sure. Right. And, uh, and, and I'm also going to share with you some things that you could be doing right away to help you do that. Um, to help you get to that next level. So highly recommend you do that. And then right there on my homepage, you have access to my podcast and Instagram and YouTube. Like there's, there, you can't get away from me once you get there. So uh, <laughs> I highly recommend you take that masterclass. Okay, great. Well, I will, uh, I'll put the link to uniquedesigns.net uh, down in the episode description. And uh, hey, Ray, this has been an awesome podcast, man. I appreciate you making the time to come on today. Blake, what a pleasure, dude. Awesome conversation. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Hey, for our listeners, like I mentioned, unique designs with a Z.net. It's down in the episode description below. Make sure you check that out. I'm also going to put the link to his podcast. Uh, and again, over 450 episodes by the time this episode's live. So you definitely want to check that out as well. Get enrolled in the masterclass. And hey, don't forget if you love this podcast, if you enjoy this podcast, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button, click the follow button so you keep getting good advice wherever you are. And don't forget, we have a Patreon. You can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash good advice. If you want to support the podcast, hey, we appreciate it. And thank you for listening today. We'll catch you later. See ya.